0: This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. Hello, this is Dan Gillette, and today I'm joined by Sean Helch. Both of us serve as pastors at Valley Bible Church, and you're going to hear a great conversation that we had just about some passages in scripture that have really been Encouraging us, strengthening us during what's been a difficult year So we hope you guys are just encouraged as you listen and strengthened Okay, without any further ado, here is the Behold podcast
1: Well, hello, good morning, good afternoon, maybe, good evening, perhaps And welcome back to the Behold podcast We're glad that you're with us today It's just myself, Sean, and my boy Dan today Bringing it back to the basics Bring it back, and we are basic but uh, yeah, no, we're, we're grateful that you're here. We know that the podcast has been a little bit more sporadic than normal recently, and if you've been following along, then you, you've heard why. Uh, and today's going to be a little bit following in line with that, just a little bit, bit of a change of pace. Um, you know, currently we're in the book of Luke, and it's been a great study, and we're learning a lot as a faith family. During a lot of this time, as we've been going through the book of Luke, a lot of you know that we've been going through just a bit of a unique challenge as a faith family Um, a unique trial in that we're having to process through and pray through and just wait for things like we haven't had to before you know and i'll be specific here if you're newer to vbc or you haven't been around then you might not have heard that uh in january of this year 2023 some allegations were brought up against one of our elders who has been here for years and years and years 25 years at vbc serving pastorally And uh, that spurred what the elders felt was the wisest thing, which was to bring in an outside third-party firm called Grace, who this is what they do. They they are a Christian-based organization with years of background in investigation and police work and prosecution, all that kind of stuff. And their role is to take things like this and through their process figure out if they're credible or not, you know. And I'll have to say it's a long process and it's been longer than we hoped. It's been a lot of waiting, a lot of praying. Um, but all signs seem to be is if you were here on Sunday, you would have heard this, that the, the final results from the investigation are going to become uh, public in just the next couple of weeks here at VBC. And so because of that, today in the podcast, we thought it would be a good opportunity to take a bit of a break from Luke and just address kind of our hearts in this time. You know, I think a lot of us, depending on your proximity to the people involved with this whole investigation or not, you're processing this really differently, you know, but many of us, this goes back 20 years of history. And so for sure, it's definitely a a hard thing, you know, and one of the reoccurring themes, I think a lot of us serving as pastors or leaders here at BBC have heard from people is just these themes of trust in God, trust in the process, being able to have peace with everything happening right now. Um, feeling content and settled with what's going, what we're going through as a church family. And so Dan and I just wanted to do a little shorty today and just share how God's been encouraging us in those areas. Some of the key passages that we've really been stewing on in those themes of, yeah, just peace and trust, you know, because it's one thing to just say, yeah, I know God is working, which I think most of us can say that, but it's it's another thing to really cling to that truth daily, you know, and we're all going to do that a little bit differently But Dan and I are just going to share how we've been doing that in these last uh, eight months or so. So, Dan, why don't you take it
0: away? Yeah, thanks for that, that setup, Sean. And, you know, one of the things that has really just been a theme for me during this year is just, well, I guess it would be understandable for any of us who are going through this trial to feel anxious, to feel depressed or in despair or, or just kind of shook, yeah. you know, whenever, uh, something like this happens, it, it, it can, it can be, it can take us off course, you know, and I've just been so encouraged in the Lord because the, the theme this whole year for me has just been carried mm. because I, I just have really sensed the Lord's strength in me as we've been waiting on the Lord as, as we've been processing everything. And I came across this, this passage in Isaiah 46 this week. And it was like, Oh my gosh, like that is it. Like that is what I've been feeling and experiencing all this whole year. And so I'll read it to you guys. And then I'll, I'll kind of talk about this amazing idea that we see all throughout scripture of God being, um, our, our rock and just kind of what that has, has meant for me this year. So just listen to this. This is from Isaiah 46 and I'm going to read out of uh, the new living translation, which I know know, a lot of people don't love, but it's, you know, it's more of a paraphrase, but just listen in starting in verse three, it says, listen to me, descendants of Jacob, all you who remain in Israel, I have cared for you since you were born. Yes, I carried you before you were born. I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. I made you. I will care for you. I will carry you along and save you. Wow. And, man, I think when whenever we are in a situation where the people that we look to, you know, are—it um, it seems like maybe we—, we we don't know what's going on with them, right? There's uncertainty. We can always go back to who God is, his faithfulness and his, um, his strength and how he will never cease to do and be what he promises to do and be. And people are going to let us down all over the place. Mm -hmm. And so that's just been um, something that has really just Carried me through. Is this just fixing my eyes on, on God, as um, <laughs> the one who is my strength, and like I said, this idea of rock. Um, do you guys? I don't know if you guys sing, have sung this song in a while at the Altamont, but uh, that that old hymn, Rock of Ages. Oh, it's it's a banger. That's a yeah, good one. exactly. So it um, you know, it starts off, Rock of Ages, glad for me. Let me hide myself in thee, and just that line has just really I've been thinking so much about it this week um of of God being this incredibly strong um trustworthy, unshakable uh monument of faithfulness that is so big and so steady and so constant and so sure that I can, I can actually tuck myself in <laughs> to this rock, this, this, mm. and, and this rock that was cleft for me. Right. And we understand the imagery there that Jesus, he, he was pierced for our transgressions, that his side was cut and his blood was poured out to be our atonement, to be the, the means by which we could be forgiven and reconciled to God. Wow! And so if, man, if that's if, if, our, if our Jesus was cleft for us, there's, there's this imagery of us being able to hide ourselves in that, in that space. And just, it's so beautiful. I mean, listen to some of these ways that the authors of scripture write about God being our rock. So in De- Deuteronomy 32, it says, The rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are just. A God of faithfulness, without iniquity, just and upright is he. David writes in 2 Samuel 22, um, he says that the Lord is my rock and my fortress. He's my rescuer. He's my refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, my savior. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I'll be saved from my enemies. In Psalm 62, there's this amazing prayer, Psalm 61, sorry, there's this amazing prayer of, um, from the end of the earth, I will call to you when my heart is overwhelmed and weak. Have any of you been feeling overwhelmed and weak this yeah. year? I know I have, but I will. I will call to you, and and he, there's this there's this longing to. He, David says, "Lead me to the rock that is higher than I." Right, <laughs> this this amazing. You know, I'm lifting. I'm looking my gaze up to this um, this God who is his ways are above my ways and his, his strength is above my strength. And, um, and then I love what Paul writes in first Corinthians chapter 10. And he's, he's referencing people back to when the Israelites were wandering in the desert and how even through all their grumbling and wandering and turning to idols Mm. and just all of their, their godless ways, God remains their rock. Listen to this in verse four. I do not want you to be unaware believers that our fathers were all under the cloud in which God's presence went before them. And they all passed miraculously and safely through the Red Sea. And all of them were baptized into Moses, into his safekeeping as their leader in the cloud and in the sea. And all of them ate the same spiritual food and all of them drank the same spiritual drink for they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them. Wow. And the rock was Christ. I love that. Isn't that so cool? Just this um, amazing, like, looking back and just realizing that God is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus, this the full expression of who God is, we can look to him and we can experience refuge and strength wow. and we can, we can be carried through whatever trial. Um, but it, you know, it's, there's this, what I've found this, this year is like, there's a, it's a choice that I have to make, mm. right? It's one thing to have a, a shelter or a refuge or a cleft that you can hide yourself in, but it's another thing to, to take advantage of that. Yeah. Right. Sometimes we, 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 kind of are exposed into the elements or we're, we're not under co- cover, you know, we're, we're, we're out in the battlefield with no cover. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just, and then we're wondering why are we, why, why, why is things going so hard? Like, why am I struggling so much? Why am I suffering? It's like, man, you gotta, you gotta get into the shelter, get into the refuge, like run into the tower wow. that God is. And so it's just been, and and it's been a great year of me just like, Going deeper into those spiritual practices like prayer and meditation and scripture memory and study and fellowship and worship, you know, going deeper with God into those spiritual practices so I can experience his strength in being my rock.
1: Yeah, it's so good. And I love that you mentioned just the the work you got to do on our end a little Mm -hmm. bit, you know? Right. Which, I mean, fine, we said we were going to take a break from Luke, but here I am. So this week... You can't help yourself. So Luke, it reminds me of this word strive is going to come up this coming Sunday. Mm. And specifically, specifically, Jesus is talking about striving to enter the narrow door, you know? Yeah. But that's so interesting because we hear that word and it's like, oh, that we think of it like... Oh, seek or like desire, you know, or want. But actually strive, the Greek for strive is actually what we get the word agony from.
0: Mm. Is that
1: interesting? Wow. Ag- I. And the meaning is to like, you really got to fight for this thing. Yeah. And like it's used in like, it's like gladiator type settings. Like it's like warrior prize fights type of thing. Love that. And so, and in that context, it's striving for the narrator. But I think the same thing you're applying or applies to you of just, man, you got to strive to, to hide yourself in that rock, you know, and fight for it. Cause the the Satan, Satan's going to work hard to keep you from that rock, to keep your attention out from the rock, even though, you know, it's always there. So you really got to go to battle for it. I love that, that picture.
0: Yeah. And I love in that first Corinthians passage, Paul is, he's, he's trying to help people understand that there is, there is this kind of like recalling and recollecting of what God has been doing throughout the generations. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's just as simple as that is we just have to be reminded of who God is. And just wake up. Yeah. It's like all those like wake up moments. Right. Wake up. Right. It's like, Hey, I do not want you to be unaware. I just, it's such an interesting phrase that Paul has is like, Hey, don't, can't you see this? Can't you realize this? And we have, it's, it's this dual kind of, Understanding or remembering of throughout the ages, generation to generation, how has God proven himself to be faithful and strong and, yeah. and good and just, even in the mid- middle of so much terrible things happening and so much human unfaithfulness, God has remained faithful. So throughout the ages, but then also like, look at your life, like throughout your life. And we all have trials we're going through. We all have yeah. grief and loss and chaos and we all have doubts and questions and brokenness and there's darkness even in our own hearts, right? But even so, God has remained faithful. And and if you think about it, if you think about your sacred history with God, you will see that he's been a rock and that he's been unmovable and and we can we can live a life that is built on that rock that makes us unshakable even when something really hard happens, like what we're going through right now. Yeah. yeah.
1: The, the Lord has never failed to come through one of his promises in our lives. Yeah. For sure. You might feel like he failed to deliver on what you wanted in your life. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's never not come through what he promised He's going to do. I love yeah, that.
0: That's good.
1: Um, no, it's so encouraging. And I love just that simplicity of just, he's a faithful God. We can trust ourselves to him, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so w- one of the things I've been thinking about a lot this year, which this is a side note, that, the Isaiah passage you read, mm-hmm. now I'm going to think about it every time I look at my mirror and see all my, my white hairs I'm having. Nice. I have more of my white hairs. <laughs> this is just God caring for me. Yeah, there you
0: go. <laughs> yeah, you promise. You.
1: Uh, although he says, until you have white hairs. So maybe that, uh, never mind, doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyways, you know, this has been a loaded year for me for sure with all this stuff with our church family and then with my dad passing away a couple months ago. That was like next level. <laughs> for mm-hmm. me as far as just of pushing course. things and in general you know i am typically someone in life who always kind of knows where i'm at and knows where i'm heading you know what i mean uh, and with the lord's direction you know but i'm always been like yeah I, I know what the game plan is you know for yeah. th- this year next year yeah, yeah. and this is really the first time in a long 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 time that i don't feel the way at all you know they just feel totally like I have no idea where yeah. I'm headed. All I know is that I'm clinging to Christ. You know, yeah. Or it's like it's like the other line in that Rock of Ages um song: "Nothing in my hands I bring, but simply to the cross I cling." That's you know, so it's just like it's all I can do hey, right now. Why didn't you
0: sing it though? You didn't sing it. I cannot
1: not as good as you. I don't want to make it a contest. Uh, <laughs> so for me, that's definitely been a theme of just like, man, for the first time I've been reminded—not for the first time I've been reminded, but more than I think in my life—I've been reminded that. I'm not in control of things, mm. you know, that I just got to cling to what the Lord's putting in front of me and be faithful to it, you know. Oh, wow. But in the midst of that, yeah, it's just been a trip trying to process everything going on here, you know, everything going on with my own heart and life, with my father, everything going on with our business that I'm now running. It's just so much, you know. And so throughout that, one of the things that has kind of become fresh and new for me as I think about some of these verses is. You know, I think that the idea of God using hard stuff to develop us is not foreign at all, right? Like, Hmm. we talk about that all the time. And that's something I can easily get behind. But when I think about that, it usually is more in the context of, like, working out kind of picture. I'm like, yeah, I get it. I can, like, go through some hard stuff because there's a goal in mind. you know what I mean? Gains. Yeah, it's like gains. It's like spiritual gains. And I can get on board with that. But really kind of for the first time at least to this intensity by far, but really for the first time, it feels like the the context has changed more, you know? And it's not, oh, you're going to go through hard stuff as if you're working out for gains. It's like, oh, you're going to suffer and experience loss like you've never experienced before in your life. And you have to trust that God is going to use that for your good, you know? And that's just been a really big shift in my heart, you know, because I have not used to feeling this
0: kind of loss. Well, it's a different kind of trial, right? It's, it's a, it's not like as easy to see it as the discipline of the Lord, because it's like, what could you possibly be training me for? You know, like, yeah, it's not like you're doing, it's just harder to see the purpose. Well, especially with death, because we're just not
1: equipped. We're not, we're not designed to have to deal with death, you know? And yeah, like with other trials, like whether it's organizational trials or relational trials or whatever, I usually feel like, oh yeah, I can handle this. I'm built well to deal with trials, Mm -hmm. you know? With this one, it's like, man, I'm heartbroken constantly, you know? How is this gonna? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And so one of the things I've been thinking about a lot for the last few months is, um, well, really the whole book of Hebrews, which is if you're struggling Man, Hebrews is such a great read that really speaks to, I think, the heart of the Savior in kind of unique ways. But Hebrews 4, you know, there's this section, uh, I think in verse 14, I have it here somewhere. In verse 14, that describes just what we have through our great high priest, Jesus, you yeah. know, and some of the ways that we can be comforted and have peace because of what he went through. So I'll read it. This is in verse 14. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And that's one I've been chewing on a lot this year. Even before my dad died, obviously the church stuff, but then not especially since he died. And yeah, just that picture of, you know, I'm struggling, and that's okay because Jesus struggled. You know, he struggled in every way that I have struggled to to more a greater degree, and yet he's now sitting at the right hand of the Father, and because of that, I can approach that throne with confidence. He's there intercessing for us, having been through what we've been through, right? And he passed through heavens to do that for us, you know, and the promises, yeah, you're going to receive mercy and find grace to help you in that time of need. So that's what I've been clinging to a lot, which is giving me a lot of comfort, giving me a lot of peace, you know, thinking about just that connection we have with Jesus. Um, But then recently it was so fitting because I've been chewing on that verse a lot. And then last week I was teaching at Rossmore out in Lana Creek. And they're on the final week of their study in the Cross of Christ by John Stott. Hmm. And this section was about suffering and glory. And it that, that exact section of scripture was one of the two parts of it. And the second part was in Hebrews 5. So I'll read you that part. And when I read this, it just kind of blew my heart a little bit. So that was Hebrews 4. And then Hebrews 5, which is talking about uh, Jesus' suffering and what he went through the cross. And it, said, it says in verse 7, When I read that, I just kind of paused for a second because, you know, I had been chewing on that Hebrews 4 passage a lot, and really I felt ministered to by that, you know? Like, uh. like Jesus is very, it's very comforting to me to think about the fact that Jesus has endured everything I've endured, right? That's, that's great for me. And it really did give me confidence to approach the throne of grace in these last six months, you know? But then underneath that, there's just that sense of, Heart, heartache like I said hmm. and just kind of processing through and praying that and then I read this, it's like man even just a, a more vivid picture of what that looked like for Jesus to to experience what I've experienced you know to a greater degree. It says in the days of his flesh he with cries and tears was going to the Father with prayers and supplications you know cries and tears knowing that he is the one who could save him from death and so that God listened to him because of his reverence to him. It's just like man that Really tells me a lot about my posture, I think, and my attitude towards God. You know, am I coming to God with reverence, knowing He can do what He can do? Am I doing it honestly with cries and tears too? You know, mm. like that. in the back up, backing up a little bit in the four, uh, Hebrews four passage, it says we can confidently approach the throne of God, right? Right. And that word confidence or confidently, par- parousia is the Greek, and it it communicates like with nothing holding you back, like a sense of freedom. And even it actually communicates like honesty with like total honesty. You can approach the throne of grace. And so to me, I read just after that here now, I'm like, this is Jesus being a model of that. He's like suffering and he's crying out with tears and he's going to the father. Like he's honestly going to him, you know, with reverence asking him to help. But what does it say in verse eight? It says, although he was God's son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And that I can get behind, like learning obedience through hard stuff. I get that, but then thinking about this next verse in verse nine is what really I've been doing on this last two weeks. He said, "And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him." And yeah, it's just there's a certain beauty about that perfecting process when you are reminded that Jesus went through it too.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, like we th- we think about things like. Um, in James 1. You know, counted all joys when you encounter trials of various kinds because you know, always going to give you steadfastness and then you're going to receive the fruit of steadfastness, which is you being perfected, right? And it's that same word.
0: Lacking uh, nothing. Yeah,
1: lacking nothing. And the Greek is teleo or t- teleos. And here it's using that to describe Jesus becoming perfect through his learning of obedience to what he suffered, mm. you know? And it's because of that that before that he wasn't able. <laughs> To be the source of eternal salvation, and because he was perfected in that process, now he is able to be that for us. You know, wow. which is total mind trip, right? Um, and you think about things like that. James one passage of that applies to us too. Right. We're being perfected through our trials, but then really, what has really struck my heart is that same word "telios" is what Jesus in John nineteen says when he is about to die on the cross. He's on the cross. And he says the words, it is finished. Yeah, And finished is that same teleos word. And that really struck me because I'm just thinking about, man, the heart of Jesus in this moment, he has suffered so much and gone through so much. He's already done that process that we just read, crying out to God and yeah. having his heart, you know, going through what he's going through. And at some point, he decided, okay, I have gone through what I have to go through in order to secure where I need to secure for my people. Yeah, you know, yeah. it is finished, and then dies. Right, and that's just. First of all, it's humbling, you know. But also, I look at my life right now. I'm like, man, if, if my Savior can do that, you know, and say that same word to describe what he's total agony, you know. Yeah. And yet, he considers that as the completion or perfection of, of his work. process and of yeah. himself, yeah. then yeah, I can't understand maybe how yeah. God is going to use this to, to create a more teleos version of Sean than I was six months ago.
0: Yeah. More you know? complete, more whole, you know, more Christ-like. And really there's so many things in the, even in the natural world that we can point to mm-hmm. that reveal this truth, right? Like <clears throat> if, if you want to make a diamond, right? You need insane amounts of pressure for a prolonged period of time. And yeah. then at the end of the process, you get something beautiful, yeah. right? Gold refined by fire. That's how it gets to its purest state. Even the example you used of, of exercise and straining our muscles, what's happening? Our muscles are actually tearing so that they can be rebuilt stronger than they were before. Yeah. You think about even just agriculturally Right, uh, you know, a seed has to go through so much struggle to break through that soil and get to a place of of maturity, so that it can produce something useful. So many things are are like this that where there's a perfection in struggle. There's a there's a, a wholeness that comes about through testing. There's a, a purity that comes about through trial, and yeah. that is. A hard but beautiful reality, and and it it's so just as you were going through that whole, you know, encouragement about Jesus. I, I go back to just the, the book of Isaiah, Isaiah fifty three, that Jesus was a man of sorrows, despised, rejected by men, acquainted with grief. And I think it's really interesting too because what the author of Hebrews is saying is, Hey, we have this high priest. We have this, this spiritual mediator, this, this one that we can look to, um, to, um, to bring us to the father, this, this one who is, he's our, he's our head. He's our leader. And how did he come to us? How did he get to that place where he can be in that position? It was through humility and suffering and basically, Moving into the neighborhood and going, you know, being, going before us and, and entering into our brokenness and, and being our savior through that brokenness and tempted in every way, but, but not ever giving into that temptation. And so, yeah, we, he's perfectly positioned to be this. To be our leader, yeah. and I think so many times I know I think about other types of mediators. You know, it's a politician, or a, uh, you know, some foreign ambassador, or whatever. They, there tends to be this this um, high falutin type of persona, or. This we don't have access to really I mean, we can write our, our we can write our congresspeople, you know, letters. Right. Yeah. But it's not like we can go there and, and bring our complaints, you know, in person and approach their office with, yeah. you know, with confidence. And so it's just it's such a beautiful, stark contrast to every other type of of high position or or leadership. You know, it's just. The Jesus way is just so much better and so, yeah. so much different. And that's one of the themes of the book of Hebrews is that Jesus is better than, than Moses. He's better than the angels. He's yeah. better than any priest that went before him. He is he's it. He's him, you know? He is, yeah. Yeah, and just that is um, great comfort, like you said.
1: it is a great comfort. And I think one of the things that in Hebrews you see a lot is that like— suffering isn't just a means to an end necessarily, you know, there's mm. great purpose in it and it's okay to say that you're suffering, <laughs> you know, right. It's okay to say you're not okay. There's a mm-hmm. book called that someone just recommended to me. Um, anyways. And so let that be an encouragement to you listeners. If you're processing all this stuff with our church family right now, it's okay to really be struggling, you know? Right. And it's okay to, to have to bring those things before the throne of God, mm. you know, confidently, honestly, Like Jesus with cries and tears if you have to, but do it with reverence, you know, and then trust. Like I keep saying, trust that he's going to use this, not just for our church family, but you personally to, to perfect you. You I think about, this is something that Randy White has mentioned several times, but that, that verse in Hosea, I think in chapter six, maybe, but there's that little quick phrase where it says the Lord has, he has torn us, but he will rebind us, Yeah, you know, and that process sounds painful at first, you know? Mm-hmm. But again, when you pair it with just the faithfulness and the tenderness and w- the, the the confidence, again, we have in Jesus, what, what a beauty in that, that right now we feel torn in ways. We probably will more in the next couple of weeks. And yet the Lord will remind us and he'll do it better, right? Mm-hmm. It even better. And going back to Hebrews, you know, I keep thinking about, um, Hebrews twelve, just again, totally. what did Jesus do? You know, we we can we can run this race with confidence, with endurance, looking to the one who is the perfecter of our faith, like you're just describing. You know, yeah. Hebrews twelve said that Jesus he didn't just do it; he didn't just suffer just because, but he looked ahead and understood for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, right. you know, despising the shame of it. It's okay to say that stinks, you know, totally, but he still did it because he saw what was ahead and, and understood the joy of what was to come and We've been promised, we just read all these things, that there is much, much fruit and life and joy to come out of our hardships. And so let that be a a little pick-me-up for you and I to run yeah. with endurance. And we can, we, again, we can despise sin. We can despise hardship and trial and shame and all those right. kinds of
0: things. But
1: we can still endure it for the joy that the Lord has set before us.
0: Right. Well, and if you keep going in, in Hebrews 12, he, the author of Hebrews says, hey, no one enjoys discipline when they're when it's happening like that's that's understood but what do we do as humans we we're looking for the off-ramp as soon as possible whenever whenever we're experiencing hardship we just want it to end and sometimes that's reflected in our prayers we're just like lord please bring this thing to an end and the lord is so kind and gracious and and he he, he'll receive those prayers and i think what i've experienced is when i bring those prayers to him a lot of times he doesn't change my the circumstances. He doesn't make the trial end sooner like I'm praying, but he helps me change my perspective. Yeah. He changes not the circumstances, but he changes me in the circumstances, right? And so what, um, what what that Hebrews twelve passage says is basically like you said: keep entrusting yourself to your your heavenly Father, because the fact that you're going through something hard is actually proof that you belonged to to the Father because. Even ungodly, imperfect fathers know how to discipline their kids, right? So God is disciplining us, and if we can hang in there, we get a reward at the end. And, and it says it's the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Who doesn't want that, right? It's like, we okay, I went through the storm. I clung to the cross. I, I clung to the promises that my father makes to to, to me. I experienced his comfort and his strength through the trial. And now I'm out on the other side of that storm. And there's a, there's a deeper sense of peace. There's a a greater righteousness that's been cultivated in my life. And that's, that's a beautiful reward for enduring. But sometimes we're, we're constantly looking to try to get out from under the process, but we just got to go through the process.
1: Amen. Yeah. Well, we hope that, That was encouraging. Hopefully it's useful, really. I mean, go go spend some time in those passages you referenced. And seriously, like in these next few weeks, if you want to pray or just talk or just verbalize or process out loud, reach out to me or Dan or any of us here at VBC because we we get it. You know, it's been a trial, but it's gonna be a trial. And um, you know, one we can abide by a lot of things as we go through trials, but one thing we cannot abide by is us not going through it together, you know, as as a family. And so we want to be a part of that. So anyways, reach out. We love you dearly. We're praying for you daily. We really are, all of us here on staff and the elders. And yeah, like like Dan just said, we can see the pride's in the tunnel. You know, we Mm -hmm. can see what the father is doing here. And it's crazy. Time flies. You know, it's already been how many months? Eight months? Nine Mm -hmm. months? And so the next few weeks might feel daunting, but at the same time, it's going to fly by. And before we know it, we're going to be looking back at our church family's life. And the same thing Dan described earlier, like, man, look how God was so faithful in this way, in this way, in this way, in our church family's life, in our lives. So anyways, love you dearly.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen. Have a great Wednesday. Yeah. You had to look at your watch because you didn't remember what day it was.
1: That's That tells you all about my life right now. <laughs> Also, they're probably not going to listen to it on a Wednesday, let's be honest. Have a great Thursday or Friday. Yeah. Whatever day it is. We'll
0: see you Sunday. Have a good one. Peace and love. And peace. You always have to get the last word, don't you?
1: Leave that in there. You get the last word. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you'd like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward behold. Catch you guys
0: next week.